With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey guys, welcome again to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm Ed McGrogan here uh, with Tom Parada. Um, Wednesday, and uh, we're going to look back at some of the headlines we've seen this week and also look at some of the many injuries in tennis and how those are kind of working out right now before the Open. But uh, we noticed uh, yesterday the USCA came out with their uh, list of men's men's wild cards are doling out for the open and you see some of the some of the usual names donald young ryan sweeting guys you kind of expect to see and then suddenly you see james blake who a year ago he's in the top 20 basically and he's just fallen off a cliff really it hasn't been pretty yeah it's uh well it's good that they gave him one uh i'm sure he's Maybe he's a little embarrassed to take it, knowing him. He's he's got a lot of pride, and he's been, you know, he was ranked number four in the world at uh, at one point. It's been it's been tough to watch Blake the last year. It's the wheels have really fallen off for him, and uh, he's had some injuries. I think he's thirty one now, which in tennis years is you know not he, young. He'll turn thirty one later this oh, year. Oh, later this he's year he'll be thirty one. Yeah. Right, yeah, so he's going on thirty one. Yeah, going on thirty one. You know, he's, he has relied a lot on speed and quickness in the past, and he's just maybe been a step slow. And I think the losses pile up, and it gets gets frustrating. He lost 3-0 and this week to Dennis uh, Istomin in Cincinnati. He's, you know, very an opponent that, you know, the, the old James Blake would probably beat very easily. Beat by that score in straight time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, he's going to be part of uh, – they're having a – sort of a ceremony on the first night of the tournament with people who have come back from adversary, adversity and he's figuring into that and you know he has come back from a time before he had his you know the death of his dad and he had a really tough injury when he crashed into that net post and put together a really nice career and has been a really good guy I, I'm not going to be surprised if he retires after the Open um, after, after this year after this year's Open yeah I mean you know I have no knowledge of it at all but uh, it's just a matter at this point can you get back to what you were and what's it going to take to do it and how much luck and strangeness of having, you know, staying healthy for, you know, a couple of years is, is involved in it. He yeah. might, he might just find that, it, you know, he just can't do it anymore. Yeah. I, I think he would have to also put up with, you know, wherever he goes, a lot of just a lot of media questions about this type of stuff. Like when, not about his retirement, just, just because there's so many new Americans in the spotlight and how quickly, um, you know, how quickly it, he's kind of fallen. I think it would be very frustrating on that end as well just to kind of keep dealing with day-to-day basis. Uh, yeah, the media part I think would go away actually because once you get to a certain point, people don't don't care about you. They, they don't ask questions really anymore. I mean, I think nobody was really talking about Agassi when he was 130-something in the world and working his way back up. Only when he started to come back up 
Did, did you they, get the attention? But I think in Blake's case, the unfortunate part is he's you know he's going to be thirty one years old. It's tougher to do. Yeah. At that point, he's um, he's uh, you know he's thirty, and and I think a lot of players you know once you hit that age, it's it's sort of a lot of physical limitate you know physical things come into play where you might not be as skilled as you once were, and I, I'm sure that's the case a bit with Blake with the speed especially. But he you know he's also I think a very you know, I think one of the reasons he got back to his form after all the all the stuff that happened to him was, you know, he's a very mentally strong player, and I think that's kind of, you know, kind of weighed on him now that this is like you're saying one loss and it seems to keep piling up after another. It's almost you wonder if it's me more a mental game too. Yeah, yeah, his confidence has to be shot just because you know he's. I would think it's a big wound to your pride when you know you're a lot better than the people, or you were a lot better than the people you're losing to. Yeah. Which is why I think at a certain point you have to, you know, I won't be surprised if he does retire. I mean, he'll be missed. I mean, he's a really great guy, a lot of fun to watch as a player. I won't be surprised if he sticks around the game, maybe does some stuff, you know, to help younger players or gets into some commentary or something. You know, he's really sharp. And uh, I think everybody's always going to remember that Agassi quarterfinal match. For me, that, was, that was an amazing yeah. moment. And uh, he's, you know, he's been fantastic for the game. I, I wish he could turn it around and find another gear again and get back up there and play well, it would be great. But it's, it might be tough at this yeah, point. For me, that was one of my favorite matches for uh, for many years. Just, you know, one of those classic night match it was jobs. This, it was, yeah, one of those moments in tennis that goes beyond tennis that everybody yeah, next who's day just a general was, sports yeah. fan or just, a, you know, just anybody will notice it. And, you know, there's been a number of matches like that in tennis, but it's you can't, they're not a lot of, there are not a lot of people who can say, you know, I've been part of one of those and and it's nice that he can do that. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Open, um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some players who may or may or may not show up at the Open because of their you know current injury status. Uh, one who I think won't be there, it, it's pretty safe to assume, is uh, Juan Martín del Potro, last year's champion. Um, it, well, they went back and forth on this. They said no originally, and then it was, well, he plans to maybe play. Uh, I emailed with his agent this morning, actually, and he said, you know, He's coming along. He's practicing. There's no pain, but we're going to decide soon. I'll be surprised if he plays. Yeah. I think even if he feels well enough to play, it's probably a bad idea to play because right. he hasn't played a tournament since January, and then you're going to go out and you're going to play what might be the most brutal major of the year on a really hard surface, hard on your body, really bad heat. Uh, everybody's been playing all season. I mean, why do you want to go do that and then maybe – mess up your fall too just he's going to lose the points his rank is going to drop yeah. but better to get healthy and really get ready for australia yeah i mean you could do a lot worse than preparing in the indoor circuit where it's you know the competition isn't going to be of that you know of that caliber I yeah guess. And, and for the few events it will be he might be ready by that point yeah exactly so that'll be the se- that could be the second um year in a row where a men's slam champ can defend the title with nadal last year wimbledon and now this at the open here um another other players were kind of been talking about um, Sharapova. She won last week, and um, supposedly, supposedly her foot injuries. Or she second place last week. Sorry. Second place, yeah. yeah. And supposedly her foot injury is getting better, and I'd, I'd be surprised if she doesn't play. I'm sure she'll be there. Yeah, I checked uh, out um, Ivanovich on her. What was going on? She looking to play New Haven. She took a wild card to that one. There was obviously a lot of controversy or stuff made about her not taking the one in Montreal, but she's planning to play in New Haven. Um, it was kind of a, it was an ugly injury the way it happened, but it seems like she should be ready 
and maybe keep her sort of mini. Yeah, she's so so on New Haven. I mean, hopefully she goes there or she can go. But it sounds like her ankle's responding well. There's no break. There's no you know bone problem or anything. So I think she'll be at the open and hopefully we'll be coming in with a bit of confidence because she was playing better. Did you did you or David or or Pete ever talk about the wild card situation on podcast? Ed? I, if you did, I missed it. I know Pete would have loved to talk about it. Okay. I, he's been hyping on that for a while. I yeah, know. No, he, I thought Montreal. I thought the tournament director there just messed that up royally. Yeah, uh, and I can't blame her for not taking it. I mean, you don't want to give her one and then you come back, you know, later and say, oh, by the way, I guess we'll give you one now. To do that's just a, very poorly done, and she won the tournament. Yeah, before, to do that to a, a former big champion is, I mean, is an insult, really. Um, it was very poorly done, and I can't blame her for not taking it. Yeah. Um, so that's that's her situation, and then um, I just wanted to mention Roddick. I mean, he had this this little mono bout or mini mono bout, and yeah. but, um, he's playing in Cincinnati. I think he plays Debacher today. He uh, seemed lethargic lately and, you know, leading up to this and I guess he's figured out why. Really tough luck, bad timing for him coming into because you assume he had some of this lingering at Wimbledon where he really did look lethargic yes. against Lou. Yeah, I was and, at, I was you know, at, it's the biggest moment of the year for him. Yeah. Wimbledon, the US summer season, the US Open and to be sort of a, a step slow is it's bad timing for someone who's you know, he, he's he's got years left, but Every year feels, you know, you don't want to let any opportunity slip away at at his age. Yeah, it's I, too bad. I, I do think it's, you know, for uh, Roddick is a player who I've always, always said I feel like he's he's got to win that next. I really just feel like his game it's you know it's limited in some regards, but I just don't see how it couldn't break through in one two week period. And I've just been waiting for a while, and now I think it's time where the the chances are starting to run out with newer players coming in and just I think he's gonna he's definitely has enough to win another one. It's just a matter of timing and and you can throw illness into timing. I mean and that's just bad luck at yeah. this point. But hope you know, you can hope that maybe he gets some matches in, in Cincinnati and feels better and comes into the open and feels a lot better. I mean it still that could still happen. Yeah. Um there's also Venus Williams gonna is, say, is gonna play the US Open. She she's uh not in uh, Montreal this week, but she says she's going to be at the Open, so that's good news. And Serena, there's no really final word from her yet. As but, I say, do you but, I, but I would think and I yeah. expect that she will be. Yeah, yeah, it would. But be. they've both been out for the whole summer now. Yeah, she's been. That's been pretty silent on that front, from what I can tell, uh, a little bit. So th- I think that'll all come out next week, and uh, you know. I don't think it'll be a down-to-the-wire thing, but you know we should have some resolution on that, I think. And in other news, Roger Federer is retiring from tennis to become a magician. I know. This is the, 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 newest, uh, the newest video gone wild online here, uh, in whatever words you want to put it. But uh, he had a good one out on YouTube with a Gillette ad. We were debating in the office. Uh, Basically, he, not, I, I refuse to speak the name of the company. Uh, they've, gotten, they've gotten enough attention as it is. They the, have. The Razorblade Company, formerly known as. Yes. Uh, Roger uh, chats with a gentleman about uh, the World Cup, and he and he ends up and about, uh, instant, segway, replay, segway, about instant replay, which is into funny. Hawkeye, and yeah. then he brings him over and uh, belts a, a plastic bottle off his head twice with a with two a, times in a row with a bullet. with a serve and while if, wearing a suit. And if it wasn't <laughs> if it wasn't real, it was very good editing. It, it's no it, way, it, no way, it's real. Yeah. Um, but I, well, I'll say two things: no way, it's real because I've seen. Well, not to say that Andy Murray is as accurate or as amazing as Roger Federer, although he's quite good. I saw him on a game show at some point in the last year, and he had a lot of trouble hitting targets that were bigger, I think, from a closer range. It's really hard to do. You're talking about 
inches within width and height. I'd be shocked. Yeah, I, I'd be shocked. It's definitely orchestrated. But I will say this: I mean, people, it's underrated how good of an actor Federer is. He plays it off perfectly. In his other commercials, he's been, you know, really good. And he's got he's got flair for that. It's it's fun to see. I mean, I think it made me think more about what's it going to be like when he's out of the game, which hopefully won't be for a long time because he's so great for the game. But when he is, I mean, I think there's so many things he could do for tennis because he's so personable and. And good in that way. I think the media has known about that a lot for a while. With the pressers, he is, you know, a, bio, a guy who speaks a number of languages. And, and he's always, funny. And, always comes across, yeah. you know, fluid in that. And yeah. I think, you know, lately he's done a few more things where it's more accessible to everybody. And he's got a good dry wit. I think people don't realize how, how much, you know, how much uh, humor he has and what his personality is like. I mean, he's, he's, he's an interesting guy. And I think some of this lets that come through. It is just marketing, but yeah. but it is there are the players I think who wouldn't have been able to pull that off as well. Yeah, it was it was good work as usual by Mr. So Potter. maybe that's the magic, even though I don't believe that he <laughs> he's William Tell. I don't I don't believe it. Yeah, um, guy's amazing, but it's, there's limits. There are. Um, well, that's it for now. Uh, we'll uh, touch back next week, I believe. Uh, yes, next week with uh, Steve and Pete back, and uh, we'll touch back then. Until then, Tennis.com podcast. Thanks for listening. For Tom Prada, I'm Evan Gilgan. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to tennis.com. 